The purpose of journalism is to question the prevailing wisdom. Question the prevailing wisdom. Just speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. All rights reserved and affirmed. Free all minds. These are weapons of mass These descent. Are weapons of mass descent. Welcome to Uprising, a daily digest of independent news analysis, investigation, education, artistic expression, and activism. It's Friday, May 20th, 2011, and I'm your host, Sonali Kohatkar. It just makes me stop and think. 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 Silence is not an option. Why we get fat and what to do about it. A new book by science journalist Gary Tobbs cuts through the myths surrounding obesity to arrive at a clear conclusion about our greatest public health crisis. But I can't help myself. Why should I? This is Uprising. Good morning and welcome to Uprising. McDonald's stockholders yesterday rejected a proposal to issue a report on the role it plays in childhood obesity, which includes the pervasive advertising of its unhealthy fast food to kids. At the fast food giant's annual meeting, McDonald's chief executive Jim Skinner said to an enthusiastic room full of stockholders, quote, this is about choice. And we believe in the democratic process. This is about the personal and individual right to choose. Childhood obesity has reached epidemic proportions in the U.S. in recent years, with obesity rates sharply increasing for children as young as six months old. With higher obesity rates more prevalent among poorer Americans, obesity and all the public health consequences of it become an issue of social and economic justice. Now, a new book by science journalist Gary Tobbs synthesizes 10 years of research into the reasons behind obesity. The book is simply called Why We Get Fat. In it, Tobbs makes a damning case about how the science linking dietary fat to heart disease and obesity was seriously misreported, leading to government agencies prescribing a low-fat and, in effect, high-carbohydrate diet that is precisely the recipe for obesity and its related diseases. 30 years of increasing obesity rates coinciding with pushing such a diet is a testament to a public health policy gone horribly wrong. Tobbs asserts that it is the tendency among health professionals and health reporters to link obesity to individual failings that has perverted the interpretation of the existing science. It is easy to fall for the biblical notion that people are fat because they succumb to greed and sloth. But Tobbs makes the case that, quote, we don't get fat because we overeat. We overeat because we're getting fat. Gary Tobbs is an award-winning science journalist and a contributing correspondent for Science Magazine. He's also a Robert Wood Johnson Foundation investigator in health policy research at the University of California, Berkeley School of Public Health. And he joins me on the phone now. Welcome to Uprising. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. Well, reading your book, and I I confess I read it uh, cover to cover within two days because it was difficult to put down. Um, Reading your book makes, you know, in in many ways it's heartening but also depressing. Heartening because it uh, can confirm a lot of things that people personally experience in their struggles to lose weight. Depressing because you realize just how much bad science has been perpetrated uh, over decades now, leading so many of us to believe that um, 
that uh, obesity is uh, linked to high-fat diseases rather than high-carbohydrate diseases, uh, rather than high-carbohydrate diets. Uh, How exactly did it happen that this notion that that, uh, fat, dietary fat, was found to be linked to heart disease in the first place? Well, there's some the, the the couple of sort of paradigms clashed in the 1950s and the 1960s. Um, until the 1960s, the conventional wisdom was that carbohydrates were fattening: bread, pasta, potatoes, uh, beer, sweets, anything with sugar in it. And um, in the late 1950s, a, a University of Minnesota nutritionist named Ansel Keys decided personally, that dietary fat caused heart disease. He was a very zealous, energetic fellow when he started pushing and he got involved with the American Heart Association. The American Heart Association got behind this idea when there was absolutely, you know, virtually no data to support it. It was at best just a hypothesis that had to be tested. And the problem is that if you're going to tell people that dietary fat causes heart disease, you want them to eat low-fat diets, so you replace the fat in the diet with carbohydrate-rich foods, and the uh, starches and uh, are very low in fat, if not fat-free. So suddenly, all these foods that uh, you know women for decades had thought were uniquely fattening and had been taught not to eat, all these foods that if you went into hospitals, medical school hospitals in the 1940s and 1950s, the diets for obesity... Uh, the first thing that they prohibited were starchy vegetables, you know, potatoes, rice, bread, anything with carbohydrates and sweets. Suddenly, these foods became fat-free, heart-healthy diet foods based on virtually no significant science whatsoever. Hmm. And the American Heart Association got behind it. Then the journalists got behind it because they believed the American Heart Association knew what they were talking about. And once the journalists got behind it, the Uh, politicians got behind it, and the politicians pushed the National Institutes of Health and the health agencies. And by the 1980s, this low-fat, high-carb diet as good health had become locked into the nutritional dogma. And as you put it in the introduction, it's, it's precisely the diet that leads to obesity, diabetes, heart disease, and maybe even cancer. Now, we think about obesity as being a relatively modern uh, effect, but in your book, you cite uh, example after example of populations going back to the late 1800s, the early 1900s, where you see populations where obesity and diabetes rates are very high, uh, particularly among Native American populations. Uh, This is something I think that this history is something that, that people know little about. What could that history have told us or taught us about uh, about uh, how to eat properly? Well, and this is, we have this obesity epidemic today that we're all obsessed with, which is obesity rates in the past, since the late 1970s, early 1980s, coincident again with this adoption of the low-fat, good health doctrine. Obesity rates have gone up about two and a half fold. Diabetes diagnoses since 1980 have tripled in the U.S., And so what the research community does is they say, look, there's all this obesity, there's all this diabetes, there's fast food joints everywhere, and whenever I drive by a fast food joint, I see fat people eating in them. Um, Nobody's physically active. I never see, you know, obese people working out in the gym like I work out. 
Therefore, the reason we're obese today is because of all the fast food joints and all the easily available tasty food and the junk food that I personally don't like. And um, I mean, I sound a little bit facetious here, but this is kind of literally the way these people think. And what they never stop to do is just the simple scientific exercise of seeing if they could find counterexamples to this idea that obesity is caused by this toxic environment we live in today, which is fast food joints and junk food and a lack of you know, too many TVs and computers and video games, so we're all sedentary. So what I did in my research, I just went back to the literature uh, obsessively and compulsively looking for places where people measured obesity rates in populations that didn't have the kind of toxic environment we live in today. Mm-hmm. And you could start with the Native Americans, the Pima Indians in 1902, um, Sioux uh, living on a, on, a, on a reservation in South Dakota in 1928, and then beginning in the late 1950s, you get a lot of these studies, African Americans in Charleston, South Carolina, you know, Bantu pensioners in South Africa, Chilean factory workers, with all of them having rates of obesity as high or even higher than we have in the United States today, but with no fast food joints, no junk food, no big gulps, no... And they're not sedentary populations either, many of them. They're not. Some of these were very hard work. And, you know, Chilean factory workers engaged in manual labor or Mexican-American oil field laborers in, in the early 1980s. Um, so you could, you know, if, again, if you just look at it as a science, which in theory it is, you'd say these are counterexamples to my hypothesis. Something is making these people fat because we don't see obesity in, the, we don't see chronic obesity in nature and any animals, like, you know, only the species that, that manifests it is man. So something is making these people fat. What is it? And the one thing they all have in common is they're poor. And poor populations live on carbohydrate-rich diets because the carbs are the cheapest part of the diet. And in virtually all cases, they had relatively high sugar consumption, or at least sugar was new to their diet in pretty high quantities. Hmm. I want to just remind our listeners that I'm speaking with Gary Taubes. He's an award-winning science journalist. We're discussing his new book, Why We Get Fat and What to Do About His His earlier book, Good Calories, Bad Calories, was highly reviewed. And we're very excited to be able to offer, since we're in our pledge drive, offer copies of this book to our listeners for a pledge of $125. If you call us anytime at 818 818- 985-KPFK. We'll send you a copy of this book. We'll also, for a pledge of $75, give you the DVD of the uh, now uh, viewed over a million times lecture by Dr. Robert Lustig, Sugar at the Bitter Truth. Together, the book and the DVD are available for a pledge of $200. And the first uh, several of you, the first couple of dozen of you that do call us and make a pledge at the $200 level, will also throw in a stainless steel water bottle that has been generously donated by Food and Water Watch, a 27-ounce bottle, 818-985-KPFK is the phone number to call. It's a $200 pledge for Gary Tobbs's book, Robert Lustig's Lecture. In fact, Gary, I know you wrote about Robert's uh, lecture in the New York Times Magazine. 
And I want to ask you about it later in our interview. But just again, to remind our listeners, if you call us at 828-985-KPFK and make a $200 pledge, you get the book, the DVD, as well as, uh, for the only the first few of you that call, a beautiful stainless steel water bottle, food-grade stainless steel water bottle donated by Food and Water Watch. It's got the logo, uh, Take Back the Tap, and it's be, it's uh, manufactured by Clean Canteen. So, Gary Tobbs, uh, one of the things that uh, was also fascinating about your book was the uh, issue of exercise, the elusive benefits of exercise is a whole chapter that you have. And of course, it is easy to blame people who are overweight for being sedentary. But what you show is that there's actually not much evidence to support that exercise necessarily leads to weight loss. And this is pretty shocking because this is at the heart of, you know, personal trainers and and nutritionists and and, and physical therapists uh, uh, who deal with issues of obesity. Well, this is one of the... um you know, we, we came to believe, actually, excuse me, one second while I clear my throat. Sure. Gary Tobbs is my guest. Are you there? I'm here. Okay, so we, we came to believe, actually, prior to World War II, the um, Europeans had a very different, European researchers and clinicians had a very different uh, view of what caused overweight and obesity, and they thought it was caused, it was a, a very, to them it was very obviously a hormonal disorder that couldn't be modulated by how much we exercise or even to any great extent by how we tried to con- you know, control how much we ate. And then after the Second World War, uh, American researchers thought, well, we don't, we don't really care what these Europeans had to say. A lot of them were Germans and Austrians and were done with those people. So they reinvented the field of obesity and they turned it all into this basically gluttony and sloth issue. And it's always been virtually impossible to show that people can lose weight by consciously trying to eat less. You know, you put them on calorie-restricted diets, they don't work. So lately, we've obsessed over this idea, if if it's not eating less that solves it, exercising more must solve it, increasing your energy expenditure. And there's simply never been any evidence. I mean, people have been doing clinical trials on this for 30, 40 years trying to demonstrate that you could get people to weigh less by having them expend more energy over the course of the day, and it just doesn't come out. In fact, the American Heart Association, the American College of Sports Medicine a few years ago put out joint obesity guidelines, joint physical activity guidelines, and in their guidelines they said, you know, this idea that if you increase energy expenditure, uh, you should uh, decrease the probability of you know, gain weight over the years is is an interesting idea, but the data to support it are simply not compelling. And the point I bring out in the book is that this idea is 150 years old. And if the best you can say about it, the best that proponents of physical exercise can say about it are the data are not compelling, there's a good chance that your underlying hypothesis is wrong. And let's talk about that underlying hypothesis, the whole calories in, calories out hypothesis that uh, basically, you know, what you put into your body versus what you expend through energy, uh, the the difference between the two is what you might gain as weight. Uh, if it's a negative difference, you would lose weight. Uh, but that doesn't say anything about internal body chemistry and about how our hormones, particularly the one hormone, insulin, which is the most important hormone when it comes to why we store fat, uh, how that works. So, so let's get into a little bit of biochemistry about what insulin does and why it belies this notion of uh, the, the, the basis of uh, what we know about obesity, the calories in, calories out theory. 
Well, and this is, you know, on the face of it, it's funny. We all grew up believing there's calories in, calories out. At least, you know, in the last half century in the United States we did. And it seems so intuitively obvious that we never question it. But you, if you start thinking about it, like if I give you a, you know, a very lean, like a lean basketball player and a, and a you know, overweight offensive lineman in football, you would never reasonably think the only difference between them is how much they eat and how much they exercise. These people are built differently. Their bodies are genetically, you know, the, the, the basketball player is genetically determined to be lean and the football player is genetically determined to gain weight easily. That's what they do. And if you look in, this is the way the pre-World War II Europeans thought about it. And if you, if you go, if you just look at what hormones regulate fat accumulation, for instance, sex hormones are obviously involved because men and women fatten differently. Boys and girls, when they go through puberty, the boys lose fat and gain muscle, and the girls gain fat in specific areas of their body to, you know, drive the boys crazy, basically. And so there are obviously hormones involved, and by the early 1960s, it was clear that the hormone that fundamentally works to put fat in fat tissue is the hormone insulin. All other hormones, for the most part, work to get fat out of the fat tissue because they're basically telling making fuel available to do whatever the body is supposed to do under the, you know, signaling of these hormones. Insulin stores fat. That's what it does. And if you raise your insulin levels, you can't get fat out of your fat tissue and your lean tissue, your muscles and your organs won't burn the fat for fuel if your insulin levels are high. And insulin levels are regulated by carbohydrates. For all intents and purposes, it's the type of carbs we eat and the quantity of carbs that determine what your insulin levels are over the course of a day and over the long term. And so by the early 1960s, it was clear that carbohydrates, in fact, should make us fat. That if there's a reason why we're getting fat, the carbs in the diet should be the first culprit. And like I said, we just we got rid of it because it, it clashed. And you, I could actually, you know, I charted how this happened. It, it simply clashed with this idea that dietary fat caused heart disease. So the fact that biochemists and physiologists and endocrinologists, people who study hormones, had very carefully worked out the regulation of the fat tissue and specifically fingered the carbohydrates as the cause of obesity was considered irrelevant. And whenever you tell someone, you know, you get fat because you eat too much or when you go to the doctor and the doctor says a way to get thin again is to stop, you know, is to work out more and eat less, they are completely ignoring the regulation of the fat tissue. And it's as though they're, they're acting like, you know, I don't know, 16th century witch doctors. Hmm. Because it's easy to blame the fat person. It's easy to blame the fat person. And fat people, obese people do eat more than lean, and they certainly want to eat more than lean people because they're losing all these calories into their fat tissue and they're getting bigger. And like so that, that drive, that uh, appetite, that's another thing that doctors don't account for. When you exercise, you gain an appetite. When you are already overweight and have consumed a lot of carbohydrates, you want to consume more carbohydrates. So that's the, you know, it, it's the, uh, it's relegated. We're relegated. Uh, those of us, you know, who have problems with weight are relegated to live in semi-starvation in order to even approach trying to lose weight. Right, and it doesn't work. All it does, living in semi-starvation makes you expend less energy. Hmm. <clears throat> so now you're sedentary as well because you don't have the energy to go out and work out. And it's just, it's, 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 a, it's, almost, it's, a, you know, it's a tragic situation, in effect, what happened, where 
it is this what's considered this great triumph of modern medicine the, the idea that a low fat diet is a healthy diet and this is you know we should all be lowering our cholesterol and ldl is, is the precise cause of all these diseases that are that are now epidemic in america hmm. um and on the top of it the people who get these disorders the people who get fat and obese are blamed for it they just don't have enough willpower the doctors don't want to deal with them i've heard this over and over again, actually, Jerome Grobman writes about this in his book about how physicians think. He says doctors don't want to deal with these obese diabetic patients because they know that these people won't take their advice. And my argument to that is if the advice was correct, the people might be able to take it. Of course. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, we, we've almost come to the point where we've uh, seemed to accept that people are obese because they choose to be obese. But who would choose to be obese? And that's, there have been studies in children suggesting that the the um, the, the, the life I forget the term they use you know the the, the, the obese children are basically um, are less content with their lives than children with cancer on chemotherapy. Wow. And that's hard to it's believe. because of the social uh, stigmas, of course, against obesity. The social stigma, the inability to uh, participate in in physical in, in gym classes with the other kids. To, you know, and I see it even in my side of a five-year-old, and I see it in his school. And, you know, they always want to get these kids running around the tracks. And in the front, you know, will always be the, 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 the short, lean kids who just fly right over the grass. And in the back will be these two or three obese children who are plodding along, who are, in effect, being tortured hmm. so, uh, by their well-meaning instructors. Unfortunately, we don't have much time. I could talk to you for the whole hour, and I certainly do hope to have you back on again in the future to go really in-depth into this book. But uh, let's talk about briefly two, two last questions. One issue is dietary fat, right? If dietary fat is not linked to heart disease, are there ill effects of dietary fat? Can one, is it possible to eat too much dietary fat and get sick as a result? Um, well, I guess if one sat down with cans of lard in front <laughs> of yourself and just spooned it in, it could indeed happen. Um, but again, the point I'm making in these books is the evidence implicating dietary fat, saturated fat in particular, in the beginning, in the beginning was overinterpreted, it was simplified, it was, you know, people cherry-picked. They took the data they liked and they left out the data that, that refuted their hypotheses. And then since the 1980s, study after study after study has, in effect, refuted the idea that saturated fat and all fat is bad for you. And in the past year, there have been three, the past two years, three systematic reviews by different groups of doctors looking at all the data and showing that there's virtually just no reason, or as they'll put it, there's no, not enough evidence to say one way or the other whether saturated fat's bad for you. Hmm. So people assume it is because they've been hearing about it for so long. It's got to be bad, and yet the data just never came around. You have an interesting part of your book about lard and how we pushed you know, um, food, you know, restaurants and others from using lard uh, into using trans fats that were actually much, much worse for you. And in fact, lard is not necessarily bad for you. Well, the thing with lard and most, you know, all animal products, eggs are, or butter is a slight exception, but <clears throat> lard, uh, beef, Bacon. You look at it. And you can you can go to the USDA has a website where they show the dietary components of different foods, and you can just type in lard and look what lard is composed of. And the primary fat lard is all fat, but the primary fat and fat in lard is mono um, uh, oleic acid, which is the same mono and fat saturated fat that's in olive oil. 
Wow. And then when you look at the, the saturated fat components, the saturated fat will raise HDL, your good cholesterol, but it will also raise LDL, your bad cholesterol, but not all saturated fats will. So when you look at the the components of the different types of saturated fats in lard or bacon or beef, you'll find that most of the saturated fats, they all raise HDL, but only some of them raise LDL. Hmm. And when you work out the numbers, and anyone can do this, you'll find that most of the fat in these foods that we're avoiding because they have fat or saturated fat in it, most of the fat is good fat. And if we replace these foods, I say if you replace, you know, uh, bacon and eggs for breakfast with uh, some nice cereal, dried cereal with skim milk and a glass of apple juice and banana slices, you will actually make your heart disease risk profile get worse. And so gain more weight? And gain weight. And So the bacon and eggs are better for you than cereal with skim milk, apple juice, and a banana? Yeah, and this wow. is one of the reasons why this doesn't get accepted is this all goes back to, you know, as soon as you say bacon and eggs, <laughs> you're talking about the Atkins diet. Yeah. It's so bound up with Atkins for so long. And Atkins was just the guy who he read the literature in the 60s, he tried it, he did, you know, he, 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 he basically read the same science I did. He read it 40 years earlier. And just when the American Heart Association was really hammering on everybody should eat low-fat diets, Atkins comes out and says, hey, you should eat high-fat diets. And they respond by trying to paint him as a quack. And, and, and just it, briefly, uh, you know, people think Atkins diet, well, you know, then you, just, you may lose weight, but you increase your risk of heart attack. Is that true? And no, and the point is it's not. That's what got me studying this to begin with. Hmm. Is, uh, Ten years ago, I was doing a piece for the New York Times Sunday Magazine on what caused the obesity epidemic, and I came on these five studies, clinical trials that had not been published yet but had been completed, in which they compared an Atkins diet, a high-fat, high-saturated fat diet, in which you could eat as much as you like. So basically, here's a diet where you do the exact opposite of what you've been told mm. for the past 40 years, and they compared it against an American Heart Association low-fat, low-calorie diet where you eat skinless chicken breasts and vegetables and whole grains. And so here you're comparing basically the diet we're not supposed to eat to the diet we've been told to eat that's calorie restricted. So we're even we're eating lots of plants and not too much of it, as Michael Pollan would say. And the Atkins diet did better every, every single study. Even though people were told they could eat as much as they want, they lost weight, which seems to refute the idea that it's all about calories. And their heart disease risk factor profiles got better in every single case, and it's just... What about, like, diabetes, hypertension, cancer rates? I mean, I don't know if that's been studied, but... Well, they didn't study them in those trials, and to do to look at those factors, you have to run the studies for 10, 20 years. Mm. You need tens of thousands of subjects instead of 50 or 100. But every diabetes risk factor improves, because basically what you're doing... All the risk factors that are associated with diabetes are carbohydrate-driven. Hmm. And the medical community realizes that today, but they are still hooked on the saturated fat notion. So they try to compromise. And one of the interesting things is HDL, you know, the good cholesterol. Um, <clears throat> it's, um, you can now find in the literature, like there was a famous study that came out of the Harvard School of Public Health. It was written by people who really are ultimately believe that a low-fat diet is a healthy diet. And a low-fat, low-calorie diet, 
low-fat diet lowers HDL levels, so it makes you, HDL is worse, increases your risk of heart disease. And these people actually in their study referred to HDL as a biomarker of carbohydrate consumption. So HDL is the single best marker of heart disease risk. In women, it's almost the only one that matters. If your HDL is high, you're not going to get a heart attack. And these people are saying HDL is a biomarker of carbohydrate consumption, meaning the more carbohydrates you consume, the lower your HDL. So they're out there pushing low-fat, high-carb diets, even though in their paper they're acknowledging that a high-carb diet will lower your HDL, and high HDL is the best sign that you won't have a heart attack. It's, it's crazy. Wow. Like, you read this literature, and, you know, there's a whole world. I, I have all these friends now on the Internet who, um, you know, analyze the science, and they're all pulling our hair out saying, how can they say things like Well, this? very briefly, speaking of the Internet and what's out there, one of the things that has been uh, prevalent over the last couple of years, actually just a little over a year, a, a lecture by uh, physician Robert Lustig uh, has become an Internet sensation. It's called Sugar, the Bitter Truth, and he cites years of medical research uh, specifically focusing in on sugar and, uh, its res- and, and, and its effects on the body. What do you make of this uh, this lecture, and also the fact that it has gotten so much traction on the internet. Well, yeah, Dr. Lustig is a fascinating guy, and I know him now. And as you pointed out, I had a cover story in the New York Times Magazine a month ago called "Is Sugar Toxic," and the lead of this story was Rob Lustig and his lecture. What makes it so interesting is in the 1960s, the leading British nutritionist was a, a Dr. John Yudkin. He's a leading European nutritionist, and. <clears throat> He was arguing that sugar was a cause of heart disease, diabetes, obesity, and he was, you know, doing study after study showing this. And but it clashed with this dietary fat idea. And I told you this fellow Ansel Keys, who was behind the dietary fat idea, was very zealous. And Keys basically ridiculed Yudkin in a paper that was widely distributed. And by the mid nineteen late nineteen seventies, Yudkin had almost been run out of nutrition science for his beliefs that sugar was bad. And by the 1980s, as one USDA uh, researcher told me, to study sugar in the diet and claim that it could be bad for you was people would say, oh, you're just like Yudkin, you're a quack. Even though the science, again, continued to support every study done, and research was still done in a lot in Switzerland, um, you know, showing that sugar had all these very deleterious effects, particularly on the liver. And then Rob Luskin comes along, and, and he's a... A specialist on PD on childhood obesity. He's an endocrinologist. He studies hormones. He starts reading the literature, reads this, you know, about fructose, decides this could be the fundamental cause, and gives this very powerful lecture at UC San Francisco in, I think it was July 2009, mm-hmm. or May 2009. It's put on the Internet, in which he just refers to, to sugar as toxic, as a poison, really the bluntest possible terms because the argument he's making and I've been making is that if sugar didn't exist in our diets we wouldn't have obesity we wouldn't have diabetes we wouldn't have most cancers cancer would be a rare disease wow. Alzheimer's actually I was lecturing at the University of Cincinnati on Monday and a professor of uh, psychiatry and behavioral neuroscience came up to me afterwards and scolded me for not making the link between Alzheimer's and sugar and insulin strong enough. Hmm. 
you know, something that I thought, okay, I could talk about cancer in this story, um, and I'm pushing the envelope, but I'm going to just mention that Alzheimer's in one place and leave it out. But there is reason to believe it may or may not be correct, okay? But you can make a powerful argument that sugar is the cause of all these, what they're called diseases of civilization or diseases of Western diet. Well, uh, unfortunately, Gary Tobbs, we are out of time. I do want to have you back on for a part two because there's still a lot to discuss from your book. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Gary Tobbs is the author of Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It. His earlier book was Good Calories, Bad Calories. He's a science journalist, contributing correspondent for Science Magazine, a Robert Wood Johnson Foundation investigator in health policy research at UC Berkeley's School of Public Health. His work has been included in the Best of Best American Science Writing. Last year, he has received three Science and Society Journalism Awards from the National Association of Science Writers, the only print journalist to do so. And we want you to have a copy of his book for a pledge of $125 or together with the Robert Lustig lecture on DVD that we were just discussing. That's available for $75. Together, $200, the book and the DVD. And we'll throw in a, a free stainless steel water bottle from Food and Water Watch that was generously donated to us from that local organization uh, because we all need plenty of water in our diets. 818-985-5735 is a phone number to call. I spent the first half hour of my uh, hour this morning discussing the book with Gary. Tobbs, because there's so much to talk about. Uh, And it's such a fascinating book, and I think such an important book, a synthesis of over 10 years of research that he did into the history uh, linking and and the science linking obesity to carbohydrates, not dietary fat. We want you to have a copy of this book. It's not just a personal issue. It's a political issue. It's an issue of public health, public policy. It's an issue of poverty. 818-985-5735 is the phone number to call. For a pledge of $200, you get the book and the DVD, the book by Gary Tobbs, the DVD by Robert Lustig that we will be sharing some excerpts from uh, in just a few moments for you. They complement each other very nicely. The book, uh, seriously, I read it in two days, cover to cover. I couldn't put it down. And it is, you know, I I will go on record and say it's affected the way I uh, look at my own food and my family's food. 818-985-5735 is the phone number to call. 818-985-KPFK. We have three callers on the line right now. We want to raise as much money as we possibly can with this information, with this material, and most importantly for this radio station, to keep this radio station alive. On this program, you know that what you share is reality-based programming, science-based programming. Uh, you don't hear anecdotal evidence that is not backed up by facts. Uh, you know, I can speak for Uprising. This is the program, uh, you know, that I produce along with my colleague Martina Steiner. And we go uh, out of our way and are very careful to make sure that, that the material that we present on this program is based on fact and is based on fact that can be backed up. An award-winning science writer telling us that uh, essentially what there's now a growing movement understanding that uh, an overconsumption or really even a consumption in general of carbs and some carbs in particular, uh, is the cause of obesity, heart disease, diabetes, hypertension, and as my guest was saying, even possibly Alzheimer's. 818-985-KPFK is the phone number to call. The book, the DVD for $200 pledge, the book by itself for $125, the DVD for $75. If you get them both together, the first uh, 30 callers will get the Take Back the Tap water bottle, stainless steel food-grade water bottle. It's been very popular in the past that Food and Water Watch donated. It's a 27-ounce water bottle, and it's made of the highest quality food-grade stainless steel by Clean Canteen, 818-985-KPFK. Alan Minsky joining me in studio once more, our interim program director. Alan, welcome. Yeah, hi, Sonali. I just got to say I was driving in right 
right now, and that was an amazing dialogue you I had with Harry I couldn't Thompson. stop. I wanted to keep going for the hour. But. I just <laughs> rushed in here, by the way, and I had two questions I wanted to ask because I, I can't wait till you have him back mm-hmm. on. It's amazing. And by the way, you know, we, we, got, a, we got a copy of this book. Um, and uh, Sonali had it the past few days. I had been able to read part of it when uh, uh, about 10 days ago the copy went over to Sonali. I could not rest it away from her. Okay. <laughs> I was uh, like, w- hand why, it over. Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It by Gary Tobbs is our featured thank you gift. It is a $125 pledge of support to KPFK. Of course, you get the KPFK member's benefit card if That's you ask right. for it as well. And I want to just add that um, the, in the, there's an appendix And it is the Lifestyle Medicine Clinic, Duke University Medical Center, no sugar, no starch diet getting started. It is a diet, and if if you accept, and I certainly accept having heard Sonali talk to Gary Tobbs and what what I have been able to read of the book, that this is the science where it is explaining the obesity epidemic in America. And if you are overweight or if you're fearful about getting overweight, this this is not a diet book because all it takes is a few pages as an appendix from the Duke University Medical Center, and it is the diet. It has, when you are hungry, eat your choice of the following foods. Foods that must be eaten every day. Foods allowed in limited quantities. So in the qualities, in the back of the book, this lays out how to eat if you want to avoid obesity or if you want to if you want to lose weight or just avoid obesity. So this is really a gem of a book that, I mean, I- that can change lives out there. And Let's keep going because later in the hour, people hang in there. I, I have a I have a very personal story to tell in a little bit about this, too. 818-985-KPFK is the phone number to call. Four callers on the line right now. We want to fill up our phone lines. You know, this isn't an issue of vanity. It's not also just an issue of personal health. It's an issue of mass public health. We have an epidemic in this country. Why is it that in the same time that our government has been pushing this upside-down food pyramid uh, for the last 30 or so years, uh, telling people to consume a large quantities, grains and carbs, etc. And in the smallest of quantities, dietary fat, why is it that we've seen a ballooning of uh, obesity rates of, uh, you know, dietary uh, related uh, diseases like diabetes, etc. It's just the data is all there. It's right in front of us. And it's astounding the injustice that so many nutritionists and health reporters have done a whole population uh, here in the United States and now in other countries that are influenced by the American diet, where we we see these uh, diseases like diabetes, cancer, and other diseases that weren't present before in very high numbers. It's The uh, answer is obvious when you start reading his book. I couldn't put it down. I've underlined. I was trying to keep this book pristine, but I couldn't help myself. I underlined every part of it. I want to share it with my family and friends. 818-985-KPFK is a phone number to call. Got to say, I already started taking the sugar out of my morning cup of tea. <laughs> you basically mark the book as your own now. That's so. right. 818-985-573. Five is the number to call. We have five callers on the line. And, you know, as, as anybody who struggled with weight loss knows for a fact, you may exercise, you might lose a little bit of weight, uh, and uh, your appetite increases correspondingly. That's not an issue that doctors take up. Gary Tobbs talks about that in your book. If that's something you've experienced personally, uh, if your weight has gone back and forth, up and down over the years, you know, and I speak from personal experience. I'm not skinny. And, and this is something that I've always wondered. And, and, and the kind of self-loathing that results uh, in people from... Um, 
some wondering why it is that the conventional wisdom doesn't work on them. Supposedly, it works for everybody else. Well, guess what? It actually doesn't work for everybody else. That if you eat a diet low in fat, uh, which in- invariably ends up high in carbs, and if you exercise a lot, uh, how come that doesn't work? It doesn't work for very good reasons. And he explains it in his book. He goes into the science. He goes into the research. 818-985-KPFK is the phone number to call. $125 for the book, $75 for the DVD. I want to play one clip from that in just a minute. Uh, in this clip, uh, ro- this is the clip by the pediatrician Robert Lustig, whose video online has gotten more than 1.2 million viewers. It's complimentary very much to what Gary Taub says. We want to give you a high-quality DVD of his talk, which is much better than the internet version because you can actually see the details of the slides that he shows. 818-985-KPFK. And in this next excerpt, Robert Lustig talks about the obesity epidemic among children, particularly uh, baby formula and how its consumption has had such an ill effect on the youngest members of our society. So this really blew my socks off. This was my daughter when she was in second grade two years ago, Miriam Lustig, okay, brought these two cartons of milk home for me and said, Dad, you're not going to believe this, okay, second grade, okay. So here's the calories in Berkeley Farms, 1% low-fat milk, 130 calories, 15 of them are sugars because it's lactose, right, which is okay. And here's Berkeley Farms, 1% chocolate milk, 190 calories, 29 grams of sugar, all high fructose corn syrup, okay. It's like a glass of milk plus a half a glass of orange juice. Okay? And that's what we're giving to our kids. And you know what the, you know what the, uh, the nutrition department at the SFUSD says? Well, we have to get our kids to drink milk somehow. Now, is that, is that, is that brilliant or what? I don't know. Now, what about WIC? Okay? So we talked about the 112 pounds of orange juice that the kid down in Salinas was drinking. What about WIC? So remember what we started with? We have an epidemic of obese six-month-olds. Remember? So could this be the reason? So here's a can of formula. 43.2% corn syrup solids, 10.3% sugar. It's a baby milkshake. Soda, Coca-Cola is 10.5% sucrose. Formula is 10.3% sucrose. Any difference? And there's a huge literature that's now coming of age that shows that the earlier you expose kids to sweet, the more they're going to crave it later. Plus, there's a new literature that shows the more sugar the pregnant woman drinks or eats during the pregnancy, the more that gets across the placenta, and and actually causes what we call developmental programming, changing the kid's uh, adiposity even before the kid is born and driving this whole epidemic even further. Robert Lustig, a physician in San Francisco whose lecture is extremely popular. It's our thank you gift to you today for a pledge of $75. I just played you the tiniest bit of this 90-minute lecture, which is so powerful that uh, you're going to want to watch it repeated times, number of times, not only uh, important for your own health, but for the health of your children. 818-985-5735 is a phone number to call. Uh, We only have two callers on the line right now for a pledge of two 
$200, you'll get the DVD of Robert Lustig's lecture, Sugar the Bitter Truth. For a pledge of $125, you get the book by Gary Tobbs, Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It. Together, $200, and we'll throw in a bottle, a free water bottle. Take Back the Tap is uh, the logo on the water bottle, and it is Food and Water Watch's generous donation to KPFK. It's a 27-ounce food-grade stainless steel water bottle that has a non-leaching plastic cap, and it is uh, it holds 27 ounces. It's a wonderful bottle. In fact, uh, several of our KPFK uh, staff have some of these bottles. 818-985-KPFK is a phone number to call. Only if you make the $200 pledge can you get the water bottle. Uh, we need to raise a lot more money. We only have 15 minutes left in the hour, and I really hope that you do call because, you know, I know that this is an issue that is important to many, many of you, whether you have a parent who is overweight or diabetic, whether you have a child who is struggling with these issues, whether you're a teacher who sees this in your uh, in the children in your in your classroom. It's not easy for us to break down the myths that uh, we've been raised with. You know, t- I have to tell you, when I read this book, it was very difficult for me to, uh, there were several times when I did a double take and said, wait, what? Everything we've been told about how and why we become overweight or, or, or become susceptible to diseases like diabetes and and uh, other related diseases is the opposite of of what the science says. Uh, you know, we've been told that we have to cut down dietary fats, saturated fats, uh, certain kinds of fats, and, and, and fats in general. And in effect, we have increased our carbohydrate intake. All of those low-fat products that uh, began to flood the market and are still on the market have to compensate for the lack in taste when you take the fat out by increasing sugar. If you eat low-fat ice cream, it's actually worse for you than eating regular ice cream. And that goes for, you know, so many other foods because they increase the carbohydrate uh, in it. And uh, Robert Lustig points out in his lecture that there's a reason for that. The USDA doesn't have a problem with this uh, added sugar because it's what increases the shelf life. We're exporting these goods. Uh, it, uh, it's very easily digestible. It's now become entrenched into our the politics of our food exports. And uh, all of those things go hand in hand. And what we are seeing is a public health disaster. 818-985-5735 is a phone number to call. 818-985-KPFK. We have two callers on the line right now. The book and the DVD for 200 and you get a water bottle, stainless steel water bottle, thrown in as our free bonus gift to you. 818-985-5735. He cites study after study after study. Studies done on rat studies done on human populations to show how the science proves that the intake of carbohydrates is actually uh, one of the worst things that one could do uh, for our bodies. 818-985-5735. And there's almost little to no literature supporting the assertion that saturated fats are linked and dietary fat is linked to heart disease. 818-985-5735. Alan? You know, driving in and uh, listening to this, uh, how relevant is this for my life? Well, my father died at uh, 77 years old, just reached his 77th birthday. And the entire time that I was growing up, he struggled with obesity. And what did my mom and he do to address his obesity? They uh, tried to have a low-fat diet. Mm -hmm. And uh, we ate a lot of carbohydrates. And um, it's just tragic because uh, I'm quite confident that my father's death was obesity-related. And... um, the uh, bad science that led to that um, played a huge role in how that was approached within our household 
And uh, so the relevance of this for all of us out there is, is very profound for your own lives, for the lives of your loved ones, friends and family, uh, for the health while you are alive. So I, I think it's very important to arm yourself with the best information that exists out there. Um, and uh, again, it, as, as Sonali has said throughout the hour, it is absolutely instrumental, first of all, for KPFK and all people who are seeking to uh, see greater social justice. Um, to uh, try to, you know, you know, provide people with the information that can they can have the best lives they possibly can. That's what it's really all about. So uh, it's very it's very political. Obesity in America is a very political issue, and it's couldn't be nothing could be more personal. So I really encourage people to pick up this great book by Gary Taubes. Why uh, we get fat is the name of the book. Why, why we get fat, and also the the DVD lecture, uh, Sugar: The Bitter Truth, is is equally important. I want to quote from uh, Chapter Thirteen of Gary Taubes' book, uh, What We Can Do. He says, "Not that all foods that contain carbohydrates are equally fattening. This is a crucial point. The most fattening foods are the ones that have the greatest effect on our blood sugar and insulin levels. These are the concentrated sources of carbohydrates, and particularly those that we can digest quickly. Anything made of refined flour, such as bread, cereals, and pasta, liquid carbohydrates." beer, fruit juices and sodas, and starches, potatoes, rice and corn. These foods flood the bloodstream quickly with glucose. Blood sugar shoots up, insulin shoots up, we get fatter. Not surprisingly, these foods have been considered uniquely fattening for nearly 200 years. These foods are also almost invariably the cheapest calories available. This is the conspicuous explanation for why the poorer we are, the fatter we're likely to be. And it's all too easy to find extremely poor populations, past and present, with obesity and diabetes rates that rival those in the U.S. and Europe today. This was the explanation suggested by physicians who worked with these populations in the 1960s and 70s, and now we know it's supported by the science. But somewhere along the way, that got lost. 818-985-KPFK is the phone number to call. Um, I'm actually surprised that more people aren't calling. Um, you know, I don't usually get as excited about <laughs> our thank you gifts personally as I do, but as I have about this one. But, um, but I know that there's a lot of people out there who do struggle with issues of uh, you know, if weight-related issues and and diseases like diabetes, whether it's their family members or they themselves, and uh, I think it's very important that we educate ourselves because it's easy to you know it, it might be easy. You might think it's easy to simply pick up a diet book and say I'm going to go on a diet, but unless you understand why uh, certain diets might prescribe certain things and whether it's actually supported by the science, what's the point? Uh, you know, so, so, somebody who's uh, been through years of failed diets, it was such a refreshing thing to. Read. Read this book, 818-985-5735 is the phone number to call, 818-985-KPFK. There's a chapter in this book that I thought was really relevant, uh, you know, for those of us who... Uh, struggle with these issues. And it's called Why I Get Fat and You Don't, or vice versa, right? Uh, you, the people around you might be eating the exact same thing as you, and they stay lean while you might uh, become overweight. Well, why is that? And uh, Gary Tobbs goes into the genetic predispositions that we have. Uh, and, and I think it's really, really important to understand this science. 818-985-KPFK is a phone number to call. 818-985-5735. Um, please call right now. We want to see at least 12 people call in the last seven minutes of this show. Heck, let's make it 14. And there are two calls right now. Three. So let's say 12. It, well, the one was there already. So let's go uh, 12 more calls in the last seven minutes of the show. 818-985-5735. Encouraging people to pledge support for $200. Get all the material we've spoken about today. Uh, you get the KPFK members benefit card along with the $200 pledge if you ask for it. And the water bottle, which is uh, only available this hour. 
818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. I know that the water bottle is, I've been told, is the very healthiest way, uh, no plastics involved, to drink water and to carry water around. Um, it's a, a sustainable take-back-the-tap water bottle. Um, 818-985-5735. Call in now and pledge support pickup Why We Get Fat by Gary Tobbs and Sugar. The Bitter Truth on DVD, plus the water bottle, a $200 pledge of support. There's another call. We need 11 more calls between now and the top of the hour. And, you know, Alan, it's so easy to be able to say, well, I'll just take a pill or I'll just uh, I'll just uh, consume such and such a powder or some kind of, you know, magical diet thing that uh, will solve all of my problems. Well, most of those don't work, and we already know that. They might have short-term effects. If we want to understand how, you know, how to keep uh, ourselves healthy in the long term, we have to understand the science behind what happens to the foods we eat once they enter our bodies. And that's the recipe for long-term health and for public health and for mass public health. 818-985-KPFK is the phone number to call. $200 pledge for the book, the DVD, and the bottle. 125 for the book, 75 for the DVD. 818-985-5735. So we're down to just needing 10 more calls between now and the top of the hours, folks, at 818-985-5735. Again, why we get fat it's not a diet book, but boy, does it have a diet in the back. And this can save you literally thousands upon thousands of dollars over the year because this is where the best information has been collected up by Gary Talbots. Pledge support, 818-985-5735. I want to turn back to Robert Lustig's lecture, which very much complements Gary Tobbs's book. And in this uh, excerpt, which is a new excerpt, uh, we, he discusses why the FDA and the USDA don't regulate sugar, which he says is as addictive as some of our most addictive narcotics. What can we do about it? Can we do anything about it? How about the FDA? You think they can do something about it? After all, aren't they supposed to regulate our food? Aren't they supposed to regulate what they can put in food? Right? Weren't they supposed to regulate tobacco? Now they are, actually. So, you know, weird things. So I want to just show you what the tobacco company thinks of all this. So here's, this is actually from the US, UCSF Legacy Tobacco Documents Library that Stan Glantz runs right across the street. Okay, Stan's a good guy. Okay, likes Stan a lot. Okay, and he, he, he showed me this. He said, under the regulations governing food additives, so this came from an Altria or Philip Morris executive, it is required that additives be safe, defined as a reasonable certainty by competent scientists that no harm will result from the intended use of the additive. Now, does fructose meet that standard. Well, the FDA says that fructose, high fructose corn syrup, has what's known as GRAS, G-R-A-S status, generally regarded as safe. Now, where'd that come from? Nowhere. It came from nowhere. Okay? It came from the notion that, well, fructose is natural. It's in fruit. must be okay. Right? Yeah, well, tobacco's natural, too. But it's not. Ethanol's natural, but it's not. Okay, a whole bunch of, you know, Jamaican Aki fruit's natural, but it's not either. It kills you. Okay? Keeping on going. A food shall be deemed to be adulterated if it bears or contains any poisonous or deleterious substance which may render it, render it injurious to health. Fructose hit, fits that description, right? Uh-uh but not with the prevention of chronic diseases, even though its own regulations explicitly postulate the connection between such products and such diseases. In other words, the FDA will only regulate acute toxins, not a chronic toxin. 
fructose is a chronic toxin, right? Acute fructose exposure did nothing, remember? Because the brain doesn't metabolize fructose. The liver does. And the liver doesn't get sick after one fructose meal. It gets sick after 1,000 fructose meals. But that's how many we eat. So the FDA isn't touching this. The USDA isn't touching this. Because if the USDA touched this, what would that mean? That would mean an admission to the world that our food is a problem. So what do you think that would do? There are, still, there are three things in this country that we can still sell overseas. Weapons, entertainment, and food. Cars? <laughs> Computers? No, I don't think so. What do, I mean, you, can anybody think of anything else that another country wants of ours? What? Tobacco, tobacco right, tobacco. <laughs> all right, you get the picture, all right? So the USDA doesn't want to know about this, okay? Because this is bad news, okay? And so who runs the food pyramid? The USDA. It's the fox in charge of the hen house, okay? Because their job is to sell food. And who's eating it? We are. Robert Lustig, a physician who is one of the uh, most important uh, authorities today on the reasons why we're seeing so much obesity, this obesity epidemic, giving a lecture entitled Sugar, the Bitter Truth. Our thank you gift to you today on DVD is this entire 90-minute lecture for just $75. It's best paired with a book by Gary Tobbs that I spent the first half hour of the show discussing why we get fat and what to do about it. Is an award-winning science writer who spent 10 years researching the literature to put this book together. You get them both for $200 and we'll throw in a water bottle, the stainless steel water bottle donated by Food and Water Watch. That's the only bonus gift we've got going today, so please don't wait around for something to, to, to be introduced at the last minute. And in fact, we are at the last minutes of this program. We have a number of calls on the line already, 820-985-KPFK is a phone number. We can accommodate more of you. We want to, If there's somebody out there who can make a $1,000 pledge, we'll send you five copies of the book, five copies of the DVD, give them away as gifts, and support KPFK as a result, 820-985-KPFK. Yes, and again, as I said earlier, this book, Why We Get Fat, it, there is so much information into this. And if you think about how much money people you know and love have spent on trying to lose weight, this book, pledging support to KPFK. First of all, pledge support to this station because this is where you will hear about this. This book has made such an impact on our staff that you can trust that the science that is in it is going to inform how we uh, convey information about uh, food consumption, what's the healthiest way to eat, how to attack obesity, in all honesty. So support KPFK, $125 pledge of support for the book across the year or a $200 pledge of support across the year. That's just $16.66 per month. Think about your capable. Think about what KPFK is worth to you and the real serious information, the kind of information you get here and nowhere else. Pick this up. Again, as I was saying, though, this will – if you read this book, if you process this information and you take it in, and this guy is not only somebody who is looking at the best science possible, he is a great science journalist who is able to put these ideas down in very understandable and compelling ways. Gary Tobbs's book, Why We Get Fat, $125 Pledge of Support. $200 along with Robert Lustig's lecture, Sugar, the Biddle Truth, and we'll throw in a great, uh, fantastically eco-friendly water bottle just as a thank you gift at 818-985-5735. Dr. Lustig's lecture by itself, by itself, certainly also powerful, a $75 pledge of support. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. Call now, pledge support, support uprising, support the best science being brought to you 
in the spirit of social justice here at KPFK Radio, trying to address the obesity epidemic here in America with science and getting the best information into the hands of all of you out there in Southern California. 818-985-5735. We need about three, four more people to call right now. That's you out there listening. 818-985-5735. I can tell you, Sonali was so engaged with this book. There's a great, Ian Masters, myself, we've all been so impressed. 818-985-5735. And I want to thank Ian and Spencer's producer for introducing us to this book. 818-985-KPFK, again, is the number to call. We're nearly out of time, folks. Please keep those calls coming in. We have room for a few more of you to call. The book available for 125 Pledge, the DVD for 75, you get them for 200, and we'll throw in the water bottle uh, by Food and Water Watch that have generously donated this uh, bottle to us. 818-985-KPFK. Very important book. It can, it will, if you read it cover to cover, it will guarantee change the way you look at your own diet and uh, how, what you feed to your own family uh, and hopefully for the better. 818-985-5735. For Sonali, Subversive Thought for the Day, Gary Tobbs said, what sets science and the law apart from religion is that nothing is expected to be taken on faith. Well, don't take it on faith. Don't believe what we're saying. Get the book. Read it yourself. Listen to the DVD yourself. 818-985-5735 is a phone number to call. You've been listening to Uprising. Martina Steiner is our assistant producer. Teddy Robinson is our engineer. I'm your host and producer, Sonali Kohutkar. Alan Minsky is our interim program director. Thanks so much for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you Monday at 8.